everyone, and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks respectively throughout their season as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. What's up all you cock and balls and welcome to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. I am forever to the Gamecock, Brian Lowe, and joining me as always is all ball Tyler McDaniel. T-Mac, what is going on, buddy? Oh, not a lot, not a lot. Uh, you know, it's uh, officially the end of college football season. Yes, uh, the end slash beginning. Yes. Uh, slash several beginning. teams have had their first uh, team meeting of the 2024 season, 2024-2025 mm-hmm. uh, season, as it were. Uh, but, yes, you are correct. We just had this past Monday – uh, we're recording this on Wednesday the 10th, so just a short two days ago, we had the national championship game between Michigan and Washington. Definitely wanted the Washington boys to, to pull out the dub, uh, but yeah. unfortunately, we had the cheating folks uh, in maize and blue, depending on who you talk to, wind up getting the... 2024 national championship trophy hoisting that high above their heads but yeah um after it was all said and done with and honestly i haven't seen as much about it as i usually do on social media oh as far as the national championship because we're tuned in to more sec of course this area us ourselves um but listening to one of our favorite people josh pate Mm -hmm. uh recently he talked about the fact that this is the first, of course, national championship that we have had since the introduction of the playoff system that did not have an SEC team as part of it. And it was in any capacity. A tragedy because I believe that all four games, all four teams, both games proved Georgia belonged in that top four. Yes, uh, I firmly believe that it the should have been. The snub was actually Georgia. It was not Florida State. Right. The snub was Georgia. Um, Washington and Florida State should have played, uh, just like you should have had uh, Michigan versus Georgia and a repeat Texas versus Alabama, and of course the winners of those two games going on to play for the national championship. But he was talking about SEC fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the the New England Patriots fatigue that we had for so many years as of late in the the late 2010 or the 20 teens, the early 2020. The fact that we had to see so much Tom Brady and 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 New England, yeah, that that we just got fatigued by it, and yeah. it's you know a thing with this to where since its inception eight years ago, nine years ago now. 2015 that we had gone to the playoffs system that there has been an SEC team in there mm-hmm. and and people just got tired of it. The unfortunate side of that is of course that because there wasn't an SEC team in there, viewership plummeted mm-hmm. as a cause of it. I'm not going to lie, even though this is something that we are doing in a sense professionally, at this mm-hmm. point, is covering the world of college uh, football specifically. Um, I, I tuned it out. I, I played some Call of Duty. Yeah. I, <laughs> during I, that time, I, I was, was I was rocking out on some zombies. And honestly, didn't care that I was missing it. I, if there were an SEC team involved, I would have been on my phone checking scores. Right. Like I just didn't care, even if not if it wasn't an SEC team involved. If it were two teams that I cared about, involved, right? Like outside of the SEC, I mean, heck, as as crazy as it sounds, if if ECU were involved, if the Chanticleers were involved, if literally there's a few teams outside of the SEC team that if they were involved, I had a pretty a few handfuls of teams 
that if they were involved, I'd have still paid attention to. Michigan and Washington, no offense to either of them, I don't care about enough to have even, like, kept up with the score. Right. It was the next morning that I saw on Barstool Instagram that Michigan won the game. It, same way. And I was like, oh. Like, I, I went to that. bed with no inclination. I, like, I, I think I, it was like a... For a, a second, forgot that was last night. <laughs> right, a close <laughs> score at yeah, halftime. I mean... I was like, oh, okay, we're at halftime, scores, blah, 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 fairly tight game, could go either way. Yeah. And then I, the one thing I guess that did stand out is that um, right before the half, Michigan running back, Blake Corum, mm. this guy that's supposedly this complete freak of nature, um, the next uh, Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey 2.0, mm-hmm. Bigger, stronger, faster than CMC. Broke off a 59-yard run right before the half. Washington, throughout the entire game, totaled 46 yards on the ground. So a singular run from Michigan's offense netted more than what the entire Washington team did for that whole game. Uh, But we knew throughout the entire year that Washington was not really a run run heavier run reliant offense in any capacity and also we know that two things creates a good championship team the ability to run mm-hmm. and the ability to stop the run <laughs> exactly and honestly that's all it is if you can run the ball and you can keep your opponent from running the ball you more than likely you've got a a, a good higher higher chances anyway of of being able to win Absolutely. Absolutely. But right now, want to take an opportunity to let you know, of course, this show is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Um, all kinds of great stuff going on right now. Uh, we have adjusted the hours in the distillery a little bit. So if you haven't been in in some time or if you're not following us on social media, make sure first, of course, that you're doing that. Tennessee Legend Distillery, Facebook, Instagram, all the popular social media sites. Uh, but you can also get in touch directly with us here at Studio 66 um, through our per- our personal or the studio, mm-hmm. of course, uh, social media site, same thing, um, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, but you can always email us at tldtube23 at gmail.com. Uh, but the folks at Tennessee Legend Distillery definitely wanted us to let you know that even though things have slowed down this time of year, the hours have called back a little bit. We do still have all of the great products available if you are a local or if you're someone coming in from out of town. We do still have all of that stuff available. We are making some changes, of course, in terms of our uh, amount of products that are regularly available. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to have more seasonal products uh, as we move forward into this season. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to have some more fun specialty only certain times a year available products. So make sure that you keep up with that. Uh, but we are planning on having some new versions of staple products that we currently have available. So if you've enjoyed our Agave Source Rex at any point in time, our take on tequila, uh, we are going to be having a bourbon barrel aged version of that coming out at some point in time this year, as well as a honey finished version of our excellent two year age rye blend bourbon. Of course, known as the King Snake, uh, we are going to be doing a honey finished version of that one. It's probably between the the new Agave label and the new King Snake label. Uh, those are going to be two of the best looking labels that we have ever put on a bottle, as well as the stuff that's going in the yes. bottle. Yes, is going to be fantastic. I'm excited um, about both of them. I, I'm not a tequila fan, but if the tequila does have a smoky finish, I will dabble. I'll, I'll I'll dip a toe. I will. I will dip a toe. And I love a good honey finish bourbon or whiskey. Oh, it's going to be excellent because the way that we're planning on doing this or the way that it's being done, we actually have the honey in the barrels right now. Oof. So we're actually going to let the honey become barrel aged. So you're going to have a nice smoky finished honey that will be available for purchase. And that same barrel will have bourbon then put into it. So there's going to definitely be remnants, full remnants of honey inside this barrel. You're not getting all of it out of there. And then once the barrel, but then that alcohol and stuff like that is all going to just blend together. 
uh, you're gonna fill, uh, fulfill the Hobbit. Yeah, uh, Hobbit fantasy. Hole out of it, and just, just sleep you know, in it. climbing into it. Um, but other news around the area. Uh, if you have not been keeping an eye yeah. on the weather or on social media uh, for the Sevier County area, we have definitely been dealing with a lot of precipitation as of late. As usual, we can't get the cold and the uh, wet to meet in the middle and come together to actually drop snow on us down here in the valley with any regularity during this time of year. It's either cold and no rain or rain and not cold enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we definitely got a, a metric buttload of yes. rain dropped on us over the course of the last 24 hours. And it was definitely evident, um, as you probably saw through different social media outlets, exactly how insane. bad the the rivers streams and stuff like that got around here in the smoky mountains um rock slides trees uprooting um pieces of large industrial equipment being submerged or almost submerged in water heck the uh back lot the actual wood lot where uh, lumberjack feud stores all of their wood for their shows mm-hmm. got wiped away like all of their wood yeah. storage is completely Jeez. washed on down river. I'll probably find some of it whenever I get back out onto the river this year. Yeah. Doing some fishing, just like pinned up against a log somewhere that was has been there for the last fifty years or up against someone's dock. You would not believe going down the French Broad River, the people that live on the river, the amount of stuff that just gets pins up pinned up against their docks whenever the uh, water rises up and gets to a point where it just starts washing debris and stuff downstream. It's crazy. I bet. Um, but yeah, hopefully we haven't had any kind of reports that we had any sort of injuries or anything like that. Uh, no lives lost or anything of that nature. Yeah. So hopefully that stays the course and we don't have anybody uh, that does get any sort of serious injury or anything like that from this. Absolutely. Now, one thing that we are going to do, uh, starting with this episode, is we are going to start looking into even more of a local uh, um, avenue. or going down a more local avenue whenever it comes to sports and talk about some of our local high school teams or just sports in the area in general. And, of course, right now we are full-fledged into basketball season, of course, um, collegiate sports are now getting into the conference uh, slate of games. Um, your high school ranks, uh, as a matter of fact, we have the Sevier County High School, home of the Smoky Bears, my alma mater mm-hmm. for high school, uh, currently sitting at 9-5 and five overall with a 64% win ratio, uh, but currently are sitting third in the 4A District 2 uh, at a 0-1 record. Um, but it's still very early in this season, yeah. so several yeah, things absolutely. can uh, definitely turn around with that at any point in time for sure. So i got a story about a local team. It's actually a local game that happened last week. And uh try not to go too, too much of a tirade about this. But uh, I've said a couple of times that my older brother is a TSSAA referee for high school and D2 college basketball. Well, last week, he was refereeing the Oak Ridge and Clinton game. Came down to the wire near the end there. With a few minutes left, there was a technical foul called... I I almost broke into the technical foul song from Eight Crazy Nights. That's a technical foul. But anyway, sorry, Um, go ahead called by my older brother if you go back and watch the game that was streamed on YouTube from this specific radio station you will clearly see the foul so he wasn't wrong in calling it okay what was wrong was the radio broadcaster uh, Mr. Clary uh, and uh the way he acted on this broadcast. So I'm guessing he's a homer. He's a homer. Okay. He was an Oak Ridge homer. Uh, the voice of Oak Ridge high school sports. 
Sound like somebody wanted to take a page out of uh, what's his name from the Volunteers book. He thought that he was Dick Vitale the way he talks, the way he calls <laughs> these games. Uh, but awesome, let's just remind you that you were a small town radio announcer for a high school sports team. Now, I don't mean to sound disrespectful to anyone else who might have that. My dad uh, was the voice of the Hurricanes for years for football. You know, so no disrespect to anybody who's doing that. However, uh, this Homer, uh, again, for Oak Ridge, Mr. Clary, was on the radio and he was saying things. I told you that this referee would make a call that affected the outcome of this game and then started calling him by name over the radio, calling my brother by name, saying that he had no business refereeing this game. Uh, then began to get on social media and tweet about him, taking pictures of him, posting them on social media. Wow. Harassing him. Uh, funny thing is, Mr. Clary, is you have to call this game from the safety of your own home, streaming it through YouTube, because you're not allowed in a high school gym. Hmm. Now, there are reasons that you're not allowed in a high school gym, that I'm not going to talk about this, but just a reminder... That I am a firm believer in free speech. Firm believer. But also the multiple calls that have been made to the radio station on you in the last week prove that I am also a firm believer in let's just let me let me word it in modern modern tongue. I am a firm believer in the freedom to F around. But <laughs> I am also a firm believer in the finding out. There you go. You can't run into a theater and scream fire. Right. If there's not a fire and not expect repercussions. Right. You can't act this way on live air, troll, and be rude and completely out of line and not find out. Right. So that's all I have to say about that. Not just because it's my brother. I've always had a respect for the referee uh, world in a lot of aspects because... My grandfather did it. My uncle did it. It's it's a thing that my family did. And we just, I firmly believe, I think it was Mike Tyson that said, social media is creating people who hide behind keyboards and stuff like that. People who feel free to say certain things and all that. Because without a fear of getting punched in the mouth. Without a fear of being punched in the mouth. I think we are not just in social media. I think we are at, in the world of podcasting, radio, YouTube, vlogs, People, stuff like that. Um, Rotten Tomato writers who say terrible things about actors and actresses in movies without the repercussion of being punched in the mouth. I myself have been very guilty before in the past of saying certain things on social media about some people when I was in college and young adulthood without the fear of being punched in the mouth. I was just as guilty, but you are an adult, sir. And you should be acting like an adult. Very uh, much so. But yeah, the Oak Ridge Clinton game was wild last week because that technical foul caused four free throw shots, which brought Clinton tied back up with Oak Ridge. And in the final minutes, Clinton beat Oak Ridge, which has not happened in years. But at least I will say in this in this aspect, as far as for this particular instance, there is video footage. The yes. the foul was actually committed. Video footage. So so there's no there irrefutable evidence yes. that this took place. So at least y'all have the and the Christopher's the like, solace I, in knowing that I have Oak Ridge again on the 26th, and I don't know what I'm going to do because that's harassment, right? And I have every right to throw the radio staff out because of terrible things he has done. Right. This particular voice is at home. But he has other people. But there are people there videoing the game, and he's allowed to talk and stream from home because he did things that keep him from being able to be in a high school gym. Ah. So you kind of want to be like, you're the last person who should be drawing attention to yourself. Right. <laughs> um, but he was like, I have every right to throw out the radio staff. I'd be like, I would. Like I said, I believe in your First Amendment right to F around. But I strongly but you, believe in finding out, too, find baby. Out. 
just want to talk about that. But yeah, Oak Ridge and Clinton was wild last week. Don't have really uh, much to report on from my hometown high school teams because uh, they're not that good this season <laughs> in basketball. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, but they they do still play a sport called basketball. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but also the big one, the big thing that I am just as of now getting into some pro talk as of 30 45 minutes ago breaking news Pete Carroll seriously is, is retiring okay i thought they were about you were no. about to tell me that they Pete the Carroll, Seahawks are going to fire him no, or have fired him his tenure as head coach but will continue with the organization as an advisor okay so he's just going to be like Frank Beamer hanging yes. around with yes. with Shane yeah. there at South Carolina but the end of an uh, of a legacy that he has created in Seattle there. Oh, for sure. A lot sure. of ups, some downs, but man, may, uh, that is a coach that I firmly believe. I'm not a he just Seattle loves fan. being on the West Coast. Yeah, he just loves being on the West Coast. He's a cow coach too, wasn't he? Yeah. Just a big West Coast guy. West Coast guy Made a mark as a head coach at Seattle. So, bravo to you, Pete Carroll. You've put in your time. You've, you've had some fantastic games, some fantastic playoff appearances and Super Bowl appearances and you know I just just a hell of a coach and uh, I can't say much against him as a person I mean just kind of a quiet yeah what you want your coach to be just quiet yeah. coach the game speaks his says what he needs to say and then right. it's like I'm going to go talk to my players now sh- <laughs> <How does laughs> that chewing gum yeah. one of those like cow and cud top chewers on the sideline uh, but yeah, shocking. It's wild, and I'm sure that we're going to be seeing some more announcements made here soon. We've seen Bill Belichick. He's out. He's in. He's out. He's in. Well, there's something that I saw the other day going down that avenue um, is the possibility of Kirby Smart being out at Georgia because he's possibly entertaining the uh, Falcons head coach job. I mean, in a situation, and this is the way that the article had presented it, in the format that the world of college athletics is in right now with the portal, NIL, and all of that stuff, it's too much stuff to have to deal with as a head coach in a sense. And somebody who has already won back-to-back national championships has basically reached the pinnacle, as it were, who probably doesn't want to go the route of Saban, and and be there and create a a, a legacy of dominance for m- multiple decades or or close to multiple decades uh, is potentially going to have the opportunity supposed to be meeting with the uh, ownership of the Atlanta Falcons uh, as well as the the because the GM got fired mm-hmm. um, but yeah supposed to be meeting with uh, the Falcons head office and we could see at some point in time. Maybe. Don't know. Not going to make any other kind of claims beyond just seeing this article. Uh, but the possibility of Kirby Smart leaving the dogs and headed uh, still in the same dirty state, birds. but going to the Dirty Birds. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens with that there. Um, getting into fantasy football uh, real quick. Speaking of the yeah. pros, uh, fantasy football season is over. Uh, we just got through the final regular season game this past Sunday mm-hmm. uh, where I would yeah. like to take this time uh, to formally go ahead and accept my trophy, <laughs> to go ahead and accept the, the the championship crown, not only in the Distillery League, but in the hey. Opry League that I have been I in like for it. several years. Is this your first one in that one? Yes. Yes, nice. I have been in that league for almost ten years, if Who not more, wins? at this point. Uh, it hmm. used to be Josh wow. uh, Miller until yeah. he decided to get out of it, and then it's been a few random people here and there. Uh, but most of the time, it wound up coming down to him. Wow. Um, but yeah, we've had some people come and go in this league and stuff like that. I've actually uh, dropped out of the league at one point in time. Uh, and got back into it, um, just giving some other people an opportunity. I wasn't around that grouping. I had gone from the Opry over to one of the other theaters, so I wasn't there during that time of year. But, yeah, uh, finally uh, got my flowers nice. <laughs> as far as the uh, the 
fantasy football world, and I I owe it all to the fact that I did not try to go for the um, proposed uh, uh, front runners. Yes, I, I drafted based off of the people that I knew who were definitely going to be fighting for seating. Yes, uh, and for even a potential playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, so I thankfully had very minimal players um, have opted I to sit out or got benched or whatever for health reasons. Uh, the the prime uh, point suppliers uh, not play. Well, we talked about CMC earlier, and that is one of your major point <laughs> suppliers. Uh, he Christian did not McCaffrey. play. Kamara did not play. No. Nope. And I was just so set that Kamara at least was going to Going to wind up playing, and he I did mean, even not, Baker, unfortunately. That, that game sucked. Yes, Baker was unable to throw anything like, during no, that game. He, he, prov- he provided me last week. I should probably take him out this week. Right. I should have been like, mm, he did too good last week. Right. I'm gonna take him out now. <laughs> I should have, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great uh, two weeks. I took the first week. You took the second week. Came down to us in our our distillery league. Yeah. In the Super Bowl, and came down to me and our my buddy Mike in our family league in the Super Bowl, and both the, leagues. I'm getting some money in in the Opry league. Uh, the first round of playoffs actually was up against my wife. Ooh. <laughs> um, and I wound up getting the win there. That was in the Opry League, and she actually wound up taking third place, beating uh, ah. TJ Wilhelm, okay. uh, taking third place. And uh, Justin Manning, okay. um, Kendall's husband, yeah. is yeah. the person who took second place in that one. So, yeah, uh, I actually do need to, yeah. to, to dole out some winnings, some, so some I'll make winnings. sure to uh, get that money. Sent over to you via uh, um, the Venmo, Venmo or Cash Sweet. App uh, well, here at some point in time. Good so year yeah, of fantasy football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even though I am dishing out some money, I wound up you know making a little make money some. off of that one. Uh, I'm going to make sure and save at least what my buy-in for this next year is going to be, <laughs> yeah. and the rest of it's going to get dumped into my uh, MGM. <laughs> Just recycle it. Just, Just a, a cycle it, man. cycle. <laughs> uh, which, speaking of, I went almost, I went 12 for 16 on mm. my choices on yesterday's slate of basketball games. Wow. Um, I missed the South Carolina, Alabama, and South Carolina, who right now, after yesterday's slate of games, uh, well, before yesterday's slate of games, was actually ranked first in the SEC uh, in mm. terms of basketball standings. Men's, uh, not the women's division. Um, but South Carolina men's division was ranked first as of yesterday. Um, but sitting here today after the game, which they played Alabama yesterday, um, is now down all the way to seventh mm. after that. Um, after yesterday, your leaders are Auburn sitting at 2-0 and in conference, 13-2 and overall. Kentucky 2 and 0 conference 12 and 2 overall Alabama 2 and 0 in conference 10 and 5 overall LSU 2 and 0 conference 10 and 5 overall Georgia 1 and 0 11 and 3 overall Tennessee 1 and 0 11 and 3 overall South Carolina 1 and 1 13 and 2 overall Ole Miss 0 and 1 13 and 1 overall Mississippi State 0 and 1 11 and 3 Florida 0 and 1, 10 and 4, Arkansas 0 and 1, 9 and 5, Texas A&M 0 and 2, 9 and 6, Missouri 0 and 2, 8 and 7, and good old Vanderbilt 0 and 2, 5 and 10. Now, South Carolina coming up for the next game actually is going to be taking on Missouri for that game. Uh, and definitely excited to see what the outcome of that game is going to be uh, specifically because that will definitely help out our rankings uh, as far as within the conference. That would just give us more conference wins on that. Mm. Uh, but after that, on the 5th uh, of... Um, sorry, I'm in 2022 at this point in time. Uh, our next up game, of course, like I said, is January 13th against Missouri. And after that, we'll be playing Georgia. Arkansas, and then the next big game that we will have, of course, will be on January 23rd against perennial basketball powerhouse of Kentucky. 
So we'll have to check and see how that's going. And I really don't need to say much about South Carolina women's basketball uh, because they are still in the number one spot. Except I don't know why anybody bets against them. As far as <laughs> basketball is concerned, yeah. Thinking that you're right in betting against them. Anytime someone comes up and an analyst is like, well, look they at just it. can't stay on top forever. Last year, if you would have bet against South Carolina women's basketball, if you would have chosen South Carolina's women's basketball to lose every game that they played last year and you bet money on it, you know how many times you would have won? Once. They were eliminated in the second round of the tournament by Iowa. Mm-hmm. And, and if we want to get into it, as far as that aspect, yes, Iowa had some great players. Iowa still this year has some great players, but they lost some going from last year to this year, specifically Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. But South Carolina's two star players were benched due to fouls, and those were just all but probably one, maybe two, were completely egregious fouls. Mm-hmm. Like, because South Carolina is very physical and dominant, what you wouldn't think of for a, a, a woman to be in that capacity, even though this is competitive sports, other coaches were labeling South Carolina women's players as being bullies, as being mannish. Actually, you know, throwing elbows, getting people off of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... If you actually were to look at the stature of several of these women, I mean, they are D1 athletes. Six plus feet. You know, I'm not going to get into a weight. You know, you're not supposed to ask or tell a woman's weight in this capacity. But they are some larger players, what you would normally not be accustomed to seeing in terms of uh, um, female athletes in general. Um, but because Don Staley, Staley, however you want to pronounce it, has been a champion in her own right, not only at the collegiate level, but at the professional level and the Olympic level, and is now doing the same thing with all the players that she's coaching. I mean, even whenever she wasn't at the top of the game, she was still near the top of the game as a coach. It, it, it's it's similar to Pat Summit era yeah. for uh, Lady Vols. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to compare it to another sport, Saban's run with Alabama. I mean, it's just been a long-term dominance. And it's, it's a situation last year where, like, people had South Carolina fatigue as far as women's basketball, and they were glad to see somebody else. And this is where you will have people will – out and out say it's rigged in a sense to where if you had a team that went throughout the entire season and did not lose a game and then in this particular game it being a playoff game a tournament game and you have your best players fouled out within the first seven eight minutes of play because they're being too rough how could you not sit there and think that there's some sort of uh, uh, foul play, that there's some sort of collusion in some capacity, or that something is rigged? I'm not going to say it's scripted, but there's influences to be had, much like I'm sure the Homer for Oak Ridge mm-hmm. thinks that your brother yeah. is like, oh, he must have some sort of influence, or he must have yeah. been gotten to by this other organization, Clinton. Yeah. by Clinton, or... Uh, uh, he just doesn't like Oak Ridge, so he's going to be biased to anyone that's not Oak Ridge. And it's that's where all those things come from because you look at it and it's like, on this piece of paper, there's no way that Team yeah. A should beat Team yeah. B, but that's why the games are played. That's why you hit the hardwood. That's why you hit the field. Mm-hmm. That's why you're on the diamond is because any given day, Anybody can beat anybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. But people can't accept that. No. No. Um, Our playoffs are uh, chosen. We're oh, at, yeah. We're, as we're far the as the uh, professional playoffs, yeah. yeah, go ahead Looks and run like down the list. Got, uh, 
On the AFC side, we got the first round. We've got Steelers taking on Buffalo. We got Miami taking Buffalo. on KC. Ooh, that one's going to be a good one. Miami, Kansas Miami City. Upset Kansas City. Absolutely. That is going to be a good game, though. Yeah, it is. Because neither one of them have a defense for piss right no, now. No. It's just going to be all offense. And, yeah. well, if Kadarius Tony's playing, they probably will have quite a few drop passes. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, but dude's not been able to catch, a, you know, catch a cold in this type of weather. No. No. Then we got uh, Cleveland facing the Texans. Cleveland back in the playoffs. I feel like the run that Bryce Young is on right now, or not Bryce Young, but C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. That C.J. Stroud is on right now. NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, in a sense. Okay. I know he's not going to get it because Puka Nakua is going to wind up yeah. getting that one just because of the uh, accolades that he's had. Yeah. But in terms of as far as like rookie QB, mm-hmm. he has surpassed. Uh, Anthony Richardson had some flashes. Will Levis had some flashes. But as far as like full, full on, he has been there throughout pretty much the entire season. Has had some highs and lows, but in terms of progression for a first year NFL quarterback, hands down, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Joe Flacco. Coming back the for rebirth. the Browns, man. A the full rebirth. rebirth. He's see, sitting I would there. love to see Flacco beat the Texans and, and get to go against first-round by Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, especially since they dropped him. Yeah, it'd be great. That would be awesome. But, yeah, the AFC first-round by goes to the Baltimore Ravens, juggernauts this season. Uh, on the NFC side, we've got Green Bay taking on Dallas. That's going to be a fun one. Whew, it will. Jordan Love and that um, see if fairly potent offense versus beat that. the curse and yeah. get past that first round. Uh, this will be the year they do it. God, I hope. The Chargers versus the Lions. No, this is going to happen is after the first one, you're going to hear, we them boys, and then it's going to go Lions. to crap. And then, yeah, then the Lions or Chargers will beat them. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the Eagles facing the Bucks. And first round by goes to the San Francisco 49ers, this which is everyone believes the Super Bowl, if you, especially if you follow uh, Crazy Aaron Rodgers' conspiracy theory. The color, the, the logo of the – yeah, is, is we're supposed to get a rematch anyways the between the Ravens and the 49ers. 49ers, yep. So – And this time the 49ers going, will win it. You're not going to be able to justify that it's not a conspiracy if that happens now because we've had the last four Super Bowls predicted in color theory. It has been. So, and if that's the case, then how are you going to be able to, to, clear, how you to justify it? and yeah. say, no, 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 it's not. Okay, then why? The details are there. Yeah. You're giving us the details. Like, you're giving it away. Like, tell me it's not. Right. You know, then change your marketing or whatever. But well, it's going to be even harder to say that it's not rigged. If that's how it plays out. Well, one thing's for sure. The one uh, uh, officiating crew that was um, officiating that one lion, the dot of the Lions Cowboys game, they are not doing any playoff no. games. They got punished. They did. They were said you are not doing any playoff games. Yeah. They uh, refed, I think, one more game mm-hmm. uh, this one last weekend. Season, yeah. I think it was the Browns game. Yeah, they they were allowed one regular season game, and then they're like, you're, "That's it, you're, you're done not in the playoffs." Yep. Just like a team, you'd be like, you're, you're bad. You're, you're eliminated, yeah. yeah. That's you're it, eliminated. you're done. So, yeah, it's about to get interesting. We are done with college football. On the way out for pro football in yeah. the final weeks. It's a, it's a great time to be a football fan. Like I had mentioned earlier, uh, we have gotten into uh, the first team meetings mm-hmm. for the 2024-2025 season. Um for at least the Gamecocks, I know of. I don't know if uh, Tennessee has had their first meeting or not. Nothing I've heard of. Uh, but it, it out. they've actually gotten into winter workouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already seen the first hype video uh, for the Gamecocks. I'll probably share that uh, over on Studio 66 a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, or probably tomorrow, whenever this episode will air. The whole theme is We Decide. I like that. I'll have to let you see it. That way you can get a little bit more into it. But, yeah, the more uh, we decide what our future is, is is more the theme of what this year is going to be. 
Um, in terms of the the transfer portal, uh, everything's still fairly active. Uh, anybody that is currently in the transfer portal has the opportunity to sign somewhere, but the only teams or the only players that do have the option still yet to enter the transfer portal, and they have until this Friday or Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. I believe the uh, national championship teams are given five days uh, mm-hmm. once the game is over to be able to enter the transfer portal. Uh, but as of this moment... Uh, Ole Miss still ranks first uh, with a total of 12 commits, one five-star, four five-star, or one five-star, five four-stars, and six three-stars for an overall average rating of 73.64. In second is Texas A&M with 21 commits, average overall ranking of 67.46 with seven four-stars and 11 three-stars. Number one from last year and held the number one spot for quite a bit of uh, time this year, Colorado with 19 commits, six four-stars, 13 three-stars, average of 63.79. Louisville in at number four, four or three four-stars, 21 three-stars for a total of 24 commits, average 57.55. Uh, Florida State with nine commits, one of the lowest committing classes. However, their average is sitting at a 54.49 combined uh, composite with their actual individual player rating average sitting at a 90. And the highest you can get is a 99 uh, in these rankings. Um, in at number six, Missouri with 10 commits, four four stars and five three stars. Overall rating of 53.75. Average player ranking 89.78 the west coast usc with 11 commits uh, average ranking 53.29 average player rating at 89.4 four five stars and or five four stars five three stars the east coast usc the true usc university of south carolina gamecocks with 16 commits Average player rating of 88.5 with four listed right now, four four-stars, eight three-stars. I know that's only 12, so there's four players that have not been lot or uh, put into this ranking yet, which, of course, could see South Carolina rise above that. NC State at number nine, same thing. Uh, average player ranking of 88.9. Overall combined, 51.68. With four four stars and six three stars, of course, that's only 10, so they've got one that's not actually in there. And coming in at number 10, TCU Horned Frogs, 14 overall commits, average player rating at an 88, one four star, 13 three stars, overall rating of 50.46. And unfortunately, I guess if you want to say that, because they got a really good incoming freshman class and had a lot of retention from this last year. Uh, And that is coming in at number 35, University of Tennessee with five commits, average player ranking of 89.6 with four or three four stars and two three stars, total overall ranking at a 34.7. Yeah, I'm getting the feeling that he's not a portal person. No, and there's nothing honestly wrong yeah. with that. I, I didn't. I was kind of baffled to know that. I thought, you know, which I, th- I think I talked about in a few episodes ago that maybe that's a good thing for us uh, because the one of the negative aspects of the portal is you're getting someone from a different system, possibly, and then you have, might have to retrain them right. for your system. So I get the mentality of not being it, but. I don't know. I just I'm also kind of wary about like uh, if you're not playing the game, man. You know, like could it also hurt us that you're not playing the portal? Like I, right. I don't know. It's it's a weird. I do I do know that we we finished all final sayings and all that, and uh, mm-hmm. both coaches and AP we are 17th. Not bad. I mean, final. top 25 yeah, for sure. Still a top 25 team, which is great. Um, 
but I, I'm definitely interested to start looking, looking uh, at some of the moves that we start making in the off season. Uh, some practice notes. Can't wait to kind of get the vibe of, of where we're going as we head into spring, uh, especially from our young guns. I know that most of them, you know, 99% of freshmen are not going to play. That first year. That first year. So we're not going to see the likes of Boo. Um, so hopefully the but next year we'll get to see some excitement in, out of him. In, in that aspect, though, I mean, as and part of probably what Kirby is contemplating with the with the move mm. is one you're not going to have to worry about continuing to have to recruit people that are already on your current roster yes so i mean albeit if someone doesn't play this year as a as someone just coming in early as a freshman if they don't see some playing time right off the jump i mean yeah most people are going to be like oh for developmental purposes i'm going to take a red shirt for my freshman year blah 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 i'll have extra time i can get a full four years playing whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. go to the league but then of course you have those generational talents that should be able to come straight out of high school and go right onto the field in the college ranks but say you have somebody who thinks that they have that capability or if you've got another school that comes calling saying hey you didn't get any playing time this year. I will guarantee you this amount of money and maybe even a starting spot. Something that's going to have to be battled against with the current coaching staff to try to make it to where that person doesn't just, you know, peace, love peace, chicken grease. We'll see mm-hmm. you on the other side of the field. Uh, but as far as the incoming players for University of Tennessee, Heupel has definitely addressed the secondary. Um, we've got two cornerbacks and a safety coming in. Uh, Jalen McMurray, three-star, uh, 85 rating, transferred in. Uh, higher rating than what he came out of high school with. Uh, Jermod McCoy, another um, cornerback. This one rated as a four-star. Uh, currently rated at a .90, higher than what he was in high school. Uh, tight end Holden stays a four-star recruit coming in ranking at a point nine three uh, no change from uh, high school rankings mm. uh, Jacoby Thomas a three-star safety uh, coming in with a point eight nine ranking no change since high school and uh, wide receiver Chris Brazel four-star wide receiver coming in from Tulane okay. uh, ranking at a point nine one. Uh, higher than what he was ranked coming out of high school. So out of the five players, three of them have already shown improvement over what their rankings were coming out of high school. So at least, if nothing else, you can look at it and say, we're getting better quality yeah. than, than not necessarily than what left, but a, a better caliber athlete coming through the transfer portal than what they were coming out of high school. On the other side, uh, there have been a few uh, players, honestly all but one of the outgoing players at this point in time uh, for Tennessee have found landing spots. Well, two. One is Crystal Bald to go to Ole Miss, and that is offensive tackle Gerald Mincy. But Wesley Walker to – is that Ball State or is that Louisville? Let's see here real quick, just to make sure. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Cardinal, so that is Louisville. All right. Wesley Walker uh, as a safety, as well as Tamarion McDonald, uh, both three stars, one at a point eight seven, one at a point eight eight, uh, going to Louisville. Danico Slaughter, cornerback, point eight seven, three star rating, going to Arkansas. Uh, Deshaun Rucker. Uh, point eight nine three star corner going to USF. Uh, edge rusher Tyler Barron four star point nine four uh, going to Ole Miss. Connor Meadows interior offensive line unfortunately does not have any kind of ranking. Uh, wound up going to TSU. Uh, Addison Nichols interior offensive line going to the Hogs. Mo Clipper Jr. another interior lineman uh, going to Chattanooga. So not too far of a travel no. for that one. 
Uh, Jack Luttrell, uh, safety, uh, going to Arizona. And Warren Burrell, uh, three-star corner, going to Georgia Tech. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, the majority of the incoming has definitely got a higher ranking than what they did coming out of high school. So, I mean, at least Hypel is getting, you know, quality people coming out of the transfer portal. Uh, on the South Carolina side, it's definitely a higher number in both cases. Um, 22 outgoing transfers currently with 16 incoming on the incoming, uh, we did manage to get a uh, uh, interior offensive lineman. Did not have a high school ranking or currently does not have a um, um, transfer portal ranking. But to look at the uh, uh, tangibles, the measurements and everything else, this is a big dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost seven foot tall, weighs close to 350, 360 Jeez. pounds. Um, this is going to be a good placement for us, especially on that offensive line, trying to open up holes for the running game, which was just completely non-existent for the Gamecocks during the 2023 season. Uh, picked up a, an Alabama transfer, got someone from the Tide, Monkel. Uh, we don't know if it's Goodwin or Goodwine. The the official pronunciation has not been released yet, but an edge rusher from Bama didn't see a whole lot of time on the field at Bama. But, of course, if you're even on the depth chart for Bama, Bama yeah. you know, you're, you're a good player. Um, we actually had someone, a linebacker, come out of Charlotte, Demetrius Knight, uh, four-star ranking, coming in at a .91, higher than what he did out of high school. And here's something that I saw about this particular player, is that his accolades, what he has been able to do, was higher than the two linebackers that transferred out of South Carolina combined. So another situation to where what's being brought in has definitely outweighed what's going out. Uh, Wide receiver Amari Huggins-Bruce coming in from Ball State. Uh, Gage Larvadane. That's one that I want to have fun with throughout the season. Uh, Another wide receiver coming in. Uh, more offensive lineman, offensive tackle, Aaron Parks. This dude is another massive human being. Like I said, over six and a half feet, weighing 300 plus pounds. South Carolina is finally getting some meat meat in the trenches, as it were, for that. Um, One of our biggest hits, of course, uh, throughout this transfer portal season, once again, uh, between graduates and or just lack of depth from this last year because we had to turn QB, turn wide receiver, turn running back uh, just to be able to help fill out the depth and also brought in FCS transfers to be able to help out with that as well. Um, But Oscar Attaway uh, and Raheem Rocket Sanders, both running backs coming in. Of course, Raheem Sanders uh, coming in from Arkansas up until this last year where he had a season-long nagging injury, was the top rusher for the SEC. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss was the top rusher this last year. Guess where he's gone? Ohio State. Um, Some other ones coming in. Bangley, I'm going to call him Bangarang Kamara, uh, linebacker from Pitt. This is another one that has some very, very uh, highly praised accolades, uh, especially compared to the two linebackers that we wound up losing. Uh, Kyle Kennard, another edge ruster. Brady Hunt, who was committed to South Carolina, then said he wasn't. He was going to Ball State, then came back and said, you know what, no, I am going to go to South Carolina, and is fully signed and committed now. Uh, It has started classes, tight end being added into the fold. Um, Jared Brown, wide receiver, coming in from the Chanticleers. So we had him move from the, the farm farm league Gamecocks to the the bigger boy league Gamecocks. Uh, Jawarren Howell uh, out of Mississippi State. Or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, South Carolina State. Uh, Gerald Kilgore, safety, coming in from Texas Tech. DeAndre Jules, another defensive lineman coming in from Pitt. Uh, and Buddy Mack, a safety coming in from Pitt. Uh, some of our more notable 
outgoing uh, Grayson Pup Howard, who was a very, very vocal uh, component to uh, uh, um, recruiting for South Carolina for the last several years, decided after his second year that he's going to transfer out and decided to go to Florida, of all places. But he is from Florida, so that one kind of made sense. Uh, Cameron Sandlin tied in a situation where he just really wasn't progressing all that well. But I also saw today that uh, Jody Wright, tight ends coach for the Gamecocks, uh, has decided to take a high school head coaching job. So he's leaving the fold. And we also actually fired Monterio Hardesty, the running backs coach, a former, of course, uh, Tennessee running back, um, and NFL running back for a short period of time. Uh, but he actually got let go. Um, and unfortunately, it was just because of the reason that South Carolina, between, and I will say mostly due to the lack of, of size and ability yeah. and depth of the offensive line, had a, a major contributing factor to it. Uh, but nonetheless, South Carolina finished in the bottom bottom not on the bottom but very near the bottom in rushing categories for the SEC as well as the country uh, for the last several years so that change was definitely made Uh, Stone Blanton another linebacker um, and one that was very high hopes were had for this person uh, transferred back home and wound up going to Mississippi State Uh, offensive tackle Jalen Nichols who we thought was he had one more year and that was it like this is his last year of availability um has not found a home yet is still just sitting in the transfer portal grayson mains was another one uh who was recently you know came into the fold and has decided to go elsewhere and i can only speculate that this is a situation of um just wanting to get playing time i don't think he was developing as quickly as the Gamecocks wanted him to or expected him to, so they just decided to part ways. Uh, Of course, last year's star, what turned out to be star running back, Mario Anderson, Super Mario, uh, decides to go to Memphis for whatever reason. I don't get that one. Uh, Wide receiver Xavier Short uh, decided to go to App State. And this is a situation where he more than likely was just not going to get any kind of playing time, uh, significant playing time. Uh, Edge rusher DeAndre Martin gone to Chattanooga. Omega Blake, wide receiver, who actually had several catches this year and had progressed over the last couple of years, decides to go to ECU. Uh, Quarterback Tanner Bailey has decided to transfer out and has no landing spot. Same thing with wide receiver Landon Sampson. Uh, and what would be going into his third year decides that he's going to be done with it. Uh, defensive lineman Felix Hickson uh, has found a new home. Uh, Kajuan Banks, cornerback, uh, decided to dedicate his services to USF. Uh, Donovan Westmoreland uh, has gone, of course, Juice Wells, now a member of the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, and that is one team that if they were to go ahead and put down teams that are going to likely make the the championship or, or at least be in the, the playoffs, I'm putting money on Ole Miss in this capacity. Um, Isaiah Norris, cornerback's gone, uh, but with no landing spot. John Darius Morgan is uh, UAB Blazers. Xavier McLeod, this is one who committed to Georgia – but for whatever reason, wanted to keep running his mouth about South Carolina in several different capacities. And what the whole thing about it was is he was actually dismissed from the South Carolina program because of a a disagreement that he got into it with the coaching staff. The coaching staff wanted him to redshirt, and he didn't want a redshirt. So they basically were like, all right, you don't want to play how we're wanting to do this and how we're wanting to approach us. You're not trusting us. You're, you're a, a poison in, in what we are trying to build as far as this, this organization, this, this, uh, um, culture, then 
bye. We don't have any use for you. Um, Kylie Corton, Mitch Jeter, Colton Garcier, and Akhnaton Shabazz. Akhnaton Shabazz. Um, Shabazz with no landing spot. But Colton Gauthier uh, and Mitch Jeter have found homes. Kyla Corton, unfortunately, has not. And that is everything that is portal news, as it were, for both the Gamecocks and the Volunteers up to this point. Wow. A lot of moves in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I do like the, the mentality of them being able to fill the necessary holes um, based off of the actual team needs, where they need depth, uh, where they actually need starters and stuff like that. Um, But at a point, honestly, anymore, it's just like mercenaries, hired mercenaries. Yeah. Uh, Not necessarily just coming out of the transfer portal, but even now with the high school ranks, mm-hmm. you have, like you said, 99% of freshmen don't wind up seeing the field. Yeah. It, it, it's a situation now to where 99% of your football players, whether it be out of the high school ranks or out of collegiate ranks, are hired mercenaries. Um I I don't want to have that in a full negative connotation. So I honestly think we're going to go ahead and kill the episode here as far as the regular episode because I do have something else that I want to discuss as far as this stuff. Uh, But I think it would be better better served over on the Patreon side of things. Uh, So, yeah, we're actually going to go ahead and end this episode here. Uh, on behalf of all of all, Tyler McDaniel, before we get out of here, though, uh, if you haven't already, make sure that you're following us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, that's Studio 66. Do not forget to check out the T Public Store. Um, we have still got some really cool designs mm-hmm. uh, on both the cocky top side as well as the between two barrels side. Um, some of the holiday as far as the... Christmas holiday stuff. A few of those designs are still there, but mm-hmm. they are only going to be there for just a short period yes. of time. Yes. We have started getting some more designs for upcoming holidays, mm-hmm. uh, and we might even try to find a cocky top inspired Valentine's Day design to be able to get out there. Uh, not going to make any promises, but we'll see if we might be able to come up with something uh, to be able to get out there for that. But definitely make sure that you go out. If not that, we'll definitely have something for uh, St. Patrick's Day uh, for the cocky top side. Uh, but make sure you go check out the Tee Public store. Of course, you don't have to get it on T-shirts. You don't have to get it on a, a hoodie or a sweatshirt. Stickers, coffee mugs, mouse pads. If it can be printed on, you can pretty much get it. Uh, any of those designs put on any of those items. Absolutely. But, guys, like I said, we are going to go ahead and get out of here and get on over to the Patreon side. And, again, on behalf of all of all, Tyler McDaniel, I am forever to the Gamecock Brian Lose, and we will see you over on the Patreon side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, Follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts, and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe, or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, 
Make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio, as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. <laughs>